writers, agents, and publishers, for the first time since the Gutenberg Press, find themselves lost in a maze of mystery as technology alters the shape of the publishing industry. Searching for Answers is a group of writers throwing pop culture, writing, and publishing into a crucible of clarity, passion, and humor. This group is the Right Pack. Welcome back to Right Pack Radio. Today we're going to talk about a topic called to blog or not to blog. That is the question. And with me, and today, uh, with me today is my co-host Kathleen Cayenne, writer of paranormal romance, urban fantasy, and things that are just plain fun. And this is David Allen Lucas, author of crime drama, science fiction, poetry. And nonfiction. I'm Matthew McGraw. I'm an amateur writer, short stories mostly. I'm working on a picture book called Patrick the Spider with uh, Jennifer Stolzer, who's absent today. I'm Brad R. Cook, uh, author of a steampunk novel, The Iron Horseman, coming out later this year. Uh, publisher at Blank Slate Press. Check out Kevin Colleen's new novel, Try to Kiss a Girl. And uh, president of St. Louis Writers Guild. I'm Melanie Colaney. Um, writer of science fiction, fantasy, and nonfiction. Okay, and I mentioned that today's topic is to blog or not to blog. I don't know how many writers' conventions you go to, how many articles you read online or on actual print magazines. Yes, those still exist. And for writers that say, everybody needs to have a blog. I'm going to start off this one with saying a couple of things. One... If you're going to blog, make sure you're blogging for the right reasons. And uh, we're going. I know we're going to go into that a little more detailed. And number two is don't, at least for me, borrowing from Ernest Hemingway, I've learned the hard way. He said don't talk about your project until it's, you've actually written the project, until it's done. Because basically that releases attention. At one time I was writing several blogs at once. Actually, I was starting to become a more professional blogger than I was a professional writer of fiction. And when I wrote the blogs on my various stories, there went the tension. There went the reason for wanting to write that story. So I ended up wasting my energy on that. So, what do you guys think? Should, should authors blog? Should they just be blogging to blog as they're being told to blog it? Or what's your opinion? Blog is starting to lose definition right now for me, and I suspect it will by the time this episode is done. Um, But I think it depends on the author, the writer, and for myself personally, I've been told you need to blog before you have something out, when you have something out, after you have something out, and for me it splits my attention too much. Uh, yeah, I'm basically on board with, uh, David here, and, uh, that it's a, it's a waste. It can be a waste of uh, your energy. You know, there's... What is that? I think it's Schopenhauer. I don't remember who that guy is. But he has a quote that you should only read books, or good books, because time and strength are limited. Time and strength are limited in writing, too. So anything you expend on your blog is things that aren't going into your books or your projects or anything. And it's easy to get caught up in those. So uh, you should be wary. I meant more like my personality type (coughs) if I were regularly updating a blog I would pour more energy into that than I would into other things that I would prefer to have energy in like my writing whereas I do have friends who write blogs and um, MJ King is one and she updates fairly regularly and they're all really interesting and they don't take from her writing Um, so Our personalities, though, are different enough that she can do this and it enriches her writing, whereas if I did it, it would detract. Well, I think it goes down to the right kind of blog. Like, you know, as you're saying, you don't see a point of blogging. Well, if you're a nonfiction author and you're blogging about, like, even if you're a fiction author and you're blogging about the topic of your book or topics that your book falls on, then that becomes supplemental reading to your book. And that can be excellent. I mean, that draws in readers. I mean, that's the whole point of a blog. A blog is supposed to draw people to you 
so that you can then divert them to your book. But, you know, if you're just blogging about your life and about everything that's going on in your life and, A, you're not doing something interesting or it has nothing to do with your book or anything else like that, it might be a waste of time. You might be bringing people to the site who aren't going to read your book. What's the point of that? Unless you just want to connect. And that's the other thing. Blogs connect with their authors. Very much so. And, and really, I sit on the fence on this. In the case of the blog... <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Um, in the case of the blogging, a lot of writers, I am guilty of this myself, write a blog about writing. Because this is what we know so well. We live it. We breathe it. We could shower in the words of writing. Well, that's great. We're all sharing our knowledge. But what does that attract? That attracts other writers to our blog. Now, if you are writing a nonfiction book about writing, that's a great topic. Fantastic. Build your platform. Because you need to build a platform as an author to get people's attention and to build your business. But Platform? I'm sorry. Okay. Platforms. Platforms are basically your home base, like a better way of saying this, in which people will get to know you. And what I mean by that is it's you're building your brand. Your built-in fan base? Your built-in fan base? No, no, go, go please, go for okay, it. Okay, so a platform is essentially that which you build upon your reputation and your book. Thank you. So you have a reputation. You have classes and expertise in something. That starts your platform. Then you rise up, you write blogs about you know your topic, whatever it be, we write books about your topic. That's building your platform. Does your platform necessarily have to be a blog? No, no well, yeah. you know, your platform isn't just a blog. A blog might be part of your platform. A platform is an entire base that says, I am an expert in this field because. Okay. And, that's, and it's incredibly important for nonfiction writers, and it can be important depending upon the fiction you're writing, so... Because you have to have, you know, an expertise in the area of the genre in which you're writing. Brad, for the save. Thank you. <laughs> Not a problem. But, but uh, I'm sorry, but what I was going to say is, just to finish up, and thank you for asking the question, so make sure everything's on the page. If you're writing, like I do right now, a mystery science fiction story or thriller science fiction, I haven't figured out which it is, then writing... A blog may not be important in the sense of how do I say? Let me let me take that back. I'm not writing. Writing a blog about writing is not so much important as much as writing a blog that's going to attract the reader to the story. I want to be able to sell something with my blog. At least I want people to walk away and go. I want to read a story by this guy here. Yeah, that blog. That's exactly what you want, but. Connecting with writers isn't necessarily bad, especially when you're writing. Like, you know, Dave and I, David and I, we have, uh, we're part of a blog we started called The Writer's Lens uh, with T.W. Finley and a few others. Um, but it's an entirely, it's a resource blog for writers. We talk about writing, we talk about, you know, we highlight authors, all that kind of stuff. And it's been a great way of connecting with other writers. Now, as Dave's talking... We need a way to connect with readers, too. And we were hoping to do that through the writer's lens, but I have a feeling the name alone <laughs> probably directs more writers there. Um, but the point is is that a blog connects people. And I am a huge believer in blogs that have multiple contributors. So don't have a personal blog where you talk about what you ate for breakfast, because I don't care. But have a blog that you want to have you know, with other writers or other people who write in your genre... And talk about, you know, talk about your genre, talk about the books you write, talk about the books you love, talk about how you guys write, talk about anything like that. That can be great. Just real quick, I want to fill in on one thing Brad just said. If you didn't miss the subtext, then I'm going to turn this over to Kathleen. The subtext is also to remember your blog, if you do do a blog, needs to be professional in the sense of don't get I love the, I love the analogy. You got you just got a rejection letter. How dare they reject me? I'm going to jump on there. I'm going to write this blog about why this agent's such a horrible person. God, that'd be horrible. You just destroyed your career. Yeah. Don't do that. You can actually Google people who did that. Yeah. They're not there anymore. Keep your blog professional in the sense of you're a professional who's writing, even if you're 
and Matt, I hate you every time you say it, but I, mm-hmm. but I still like you. And as you call yourself an amateur writer, I don't think you're an amateur. I don't. Think, I think we all had that discussion. I haven't gotten paid for it yet, so that's why I stick with it. Okay, whatever. I still like you. But anyway, <laughs> even if you are an amateur writer like Matt, treat yourself like a professional with your blog. Sorry, Kathleen, go ahead. Oh, no. Um, I have a bunch of questions that I've been writing down, so... Uh, Ask away. I will ask not all of them at once because I can't say multiple things at one time. Um, I was hoping for a lightning round. What are we defining as blog? I ask that because of things like LiveJournal versus things like MyName.com. Well, I'm pretty certain if you've got a blog spot or a WordPress in your uh, URL, then that's a blog. That's basically basically a live journal, just slightly more advanced. But then... Does the site you're using, does the name you're using, the yeah. web address, affect whether or not people think you should or should not use it as a professional place? No. I, I mean, if you look at stuff like Tumblr can be a blog, you know, different things. Like I would not call Facebook a blog, though some people do, in the sense of it's a way of connecting with readers and how you post daily and, you know, things like that. Um, but a blog to me is especially, you know in kind of this modern day, a blog is a, a long written piece um, that is generally stored and archived so it can be found later, as opposed to a tweet, which are impossible to track down if you've, after about a minute, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, or as, you know, some of the others, like a Facebook post can be kind of difficult to like scroll through a news feed to find, but a, a blog has a set URL to it. And that URL, that link, can be sent around, and everybody can click on it. And six months now, from you know, six months from now, they can click on that link and still find that. And I want to say it too, <clears throat> along with the blog. That's I need, what I call. It. I need to cut a line very carefully, and I, I this is a very thin line that I'm cutting. A lot of modern e-zines or electronic magazines, to, to for those who don't catch the lingo. A lot of modern e-zines actually are blog-like, mm-hmm. meaning they're set up exactly like a blog. They read like articles would be on a blog, but they're not Even a blog. BuzzFeed is yeah. set up like a blog. Well, it's a fairly basic structure. You just have like yeah. a regular website. It gets procedurally updated as every day goes by. And, you know, it's like... Uh, it's... There isn't really another design to use in a lot of cases. Yeah. Like, why would you do anything else? Well, I mean, you can, you can use, add more. Win- I, I bring up to Tumblr it, because Tumblr is a great site to blog off of. It does come with a set URL. You can come back to it, but at the same time, Tumblr isn't for really like long, heavy, paragraph-laden, you know, work. Tumblr's more for. It you seems know. more of like a quick place. Like you have like an image or like something really short, and yeah. it just goes and exactly reblogs it. Yeah. So there, but is it a blog? And and I would almost say the Tumblr is a blog. It's just a blog that's kind of morphed in more social media to it than say WordPress or Blogspot has. It's like a half Twitter. It it's is kind of like, like it's it's like a you know a blog and Twitter got together and had a, a baby. That has the strengths of both. Exactly. And the weaknesses of neither. <laughs> Super <Yeah>. Tumblr. <laughs> Real quick, uh, one thing though, one thing writing blogs, and that's before I, at one time I was constantly writing blogs on a daily basis. And sidebar of what I'm about to say, going with what Matt said earlier, he's right. You only have a certain amount of time and a certain amount of energy or strength to write. And I ended up writing more blogs than I did writing paper yes. for stories. They can be a huge time suck. They are a huge time suck. But one thing it did teach me was how to improve my journal how to improve my article writing. And in fact, one of my blogs, I'm not tooting my own horn, but this is going back to how you can connect with readers. If I could have had a book coming out fast after this blog had been seen, it would have been fantastic. Of course I didn't. But one of my blogs which is about writing and being a learning, being learning disabled in writing and in spelling, actually was p- picked up by a university in Britain. I was contacted by them asking, can we take your blog, this blog post, and use it to teach on this type of topic? Which I was like, oh my God, of course, go for it. 
but and that was a way to connect. Of course, I didn't have anything to follow up after that. So poor well, British kids are cursing your name somewhere. Yes, somewhere. <laughs> Go ahead, Kathleen. I wanted to ask everybody who should blog because you've you've outlined the time suck potential that blogs have, and. For nonfiction writers, you really do need an online presence. I would think. I would. I would say that anyone can blog. Not. No. Not well, anyone can. Well, now hold. The you reason should. I say that mm-hmm. is because a blog can be used for so many things. Like, okay, you have parent, parenting blogs mm-hmm. where mom, new moms, you know, blog about their experiences. That's awesome. You uh. have these revolutionary <laughs> blogs. Where they're, you know, going on about the horrors of their country or the atrocities of their country or, you know, it, it's that that can be awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You what know, is- you have people talking about writing, you have people talking about their books, you have people talking about cancer and other diseases. So, you know, because of that, I almost think that it's a way of journaling, it's a way of getting it out of you and sharing and creating that community. So for that, I say anyone can blog. Now, good writers should blog. <laughs> Because badly written blogs are really funny. <laughs> but other than that... Well, that's one thing I wanted to ask you two, is that, uh... Like, if you're a writer, should you have a blog at all? Even, like, a personal... Even if you have, like, a personal one off to the side, should you just delete it off the internet? Well, unfortunately, anything up on the internet really is discoverable, irregardless if you think you took it down or not. Well, I mean, should you try at least... It depends. Yeah, it really if, does. If you were writing, like, total hate speech, and now you're writing kids' books, <laughs> you might want to try and delete that off the internet. You know, but if, you, if you're, like, if you, like, you know, so David and I have both blogged for years about writing. I mean, we each have series of blogs on there. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lens On series, he's got the Writing the Fight Scene series, and, and a bunch of other, you know, and series. And Alfred Hitchcock, and, and, Alfred and, and crime, drama, crime writing. You know, yeah. And we've got, we've got, you know, several. So, I would never take those down. You know, even if I become just a fiction author and I'm writing nothing but fiction from now on, and I don't even go back to writing about writing, just you a know. fiction author. Ha. Well, I mean, not writing something writer. else. Yeah, but my point is, is that so you have, you know, that's good to have. People can, you know, other writers will be able to find those posts for years and hopefully, hopefully, get something out of them. I don't know, um, but you know, okay. I just want to add real quick. One positive side to that type of writing of blogs, and this is something which I find laughable in a way, but when we talked about we've got various series on blogging and so forth. I wrote a series on Alfred Hitchcock, how to write as if you were directing a movie in your book as Alfred Hitchcock. I have gone back. I've actually pulled up my old blogs as my reference source to figure out, okay, I'm, I'm sitting here plotting this story. How, what am I doing wrong? And I pull up my old blogs as a way to remind myself of what I'm supposed to be doing. So I have blo- done the same thing with my research blogs. So blogs can be your own notes. Just uh-huh. oh, yeah. It's a way to put them on the internet, and other people can use them too. Exactly. And they don't get lost when you sport or spill tea all over your exactly. laptop. Exactly, or when my laptop, my, my hard drive dies and all that data gets lost. For mm-hmm. Okay, I think, uh, I think I did not explain. <laughs> all right. Okay, take two. I can do many things that would be a bad plan for me. So, so what I point could, in your career should you do a blog? No. Okay. I can drive 100 miles per hour down a highway full of cars. I would prefer if a NASCAR driver did that, though, because they know what they're doing. No, they I know would how crash to and burn. <laughs> so I can keep a blog, but I do not think it is necessarily good for me as a writer and as a person right now. So what do people like me do in the face of, you need to have a blog, you need to have a blog, you need to have a blog, and you're like, but but what all the qualities that are needed to keep a blog, which I would like y'all to spell out since you guys are veteran bloggers, okay, um, so are not necessarily things that I get this straight. question a lot now from authors who are like, wanting to know, I don't have a blog, should I start blogging? You know, or I have a blog, should I continue blogging? And my answer is always the same. What does your reader want? Because if your reader wants to know, so if you're writing a book that is heavily laden, say it's 
it's all about a certain area of St. Louis, like Dogtown or something like that. If you're writing about that, and that's what your book's setting, if it's fictional, if it's, you know, maybe it has nothing else to do with that but that, then the point is is that writing a blog about Dogtown or about stories about St. Louis or something like that is going to draw people in and have them, you know... My setting is Narnia. What do I do now? Okay, so if you want to blog about Narnia, then blog about Narnia. Talk about Narnia. I talk about fiction. Lewis. Yeah. So talk. you can do that. You can blog about that or not. And it may not. If, if a blog's not going to bring people to your book, then why are you doing it? You'd be better served to reach out to them through Twitter or through mm-hmm. Facebook or through, you know, direct emails or through events or something like that. But if cursory if if additional material about your book is going to help sell your book you can create discussion group topics you can do all kinds of stuff like that if that's going to help create a blog do it have fun with it get a few friends together do it you know so you don't have to write a blog post every week you know or something like that actually kathleen you just gave me an idea for a blog which i'll start once i get this novel written you're welcome but um (laughs) another blog and i'll tell you about that in a second but also, too, adding on to Brad's topic, if you are writing something specific, let me use an example. I just started reading a book today, and I've already fallen in love with the book after one chapter, and that is, it's a P.I. novel called Dog on It by Simon, I can't think of his last name, I'm sorry, the author, I will put this up on the description, but it's a first-person private eye story told from the dog's point of view. Oh, dude, awesome. Now, if I was Simon... Dog detective, I like yeah, that. Yeah. If I was Simon, and I wanted a blog, and if that... if And I don't know enough about this author to know if that's constantly a topic for this guy, mm-hmm. but if I was him and it was, then I'd have a blog about dogs in various aspects of, of dog raising. But if I'm just... To borrow your term, let's say I'm Agatha Christie, and I've got my main characters... I'm not going to write a blog necessarily about mystery writing because there's no central point to it. Whereas this guy said before, the dog on it, he's got a central point. He can okay, it's by uh, Spencer Quinn. Thank you, Spencer Quinn. Thank Google. <laughs> yes. It's Google. Okay, so that's my comment. All right. Uh, before I ask another question, because I will, what qualities are needed to keep a blog? Y'all are veterans. Persistence. Like, uh-huh. being able to write, like, consistently for a deadline, hit that deadline every week or twice a week or however Regularity. often you do. Regularity. you got to have that ability to keep writing because blogs are demanding. They are very demanding. And that's why, I said before, this is one reason I backed off of it. For everything I've got going on outside of writing, it's like, I've only got X amount of time. And I've really got to do it. Um... Another aspect to it, I've already said it, keep it professional. I don't mean being professional as don't have fun with it or anything else, but remember, what you put out there is going to be read, it's going to be judged eventually, and you will not be forgotten (laughs) for what you wrote, if you know my meaning. So you don't want to put your foot in your mouth, is what I'm trying to say. I'm not that flexible. Think before you post. Think before you post. Never post being, and I'm going to say, never post being drunk on anything. <laughs> and I don't mean yeah. that just by Never post when angry, never post when angry. Exactly. <laughs> never never post based upon your emotions at the time. Oh, do a, maybe build in a 12-hour delay between finishing something and posting it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that, that's, that, that doesn't, doesn't work. Yeah. Sometimes I'm literally writing it the morning that it's got to be posted. Another aspect to... But yes, but you're not upset or drunk or whatever. No, so. no. I try not Hung to Hung over, be. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I try not to be. Hung over from being angry. Yeah. Um, but what I'm going to go with that is also your next thing is there is a proponent to your blog that is not inside of your blog that you absolutely need. A blog is like a book in the sense of you've got to market it. Now, you're not going to put it on a shelf in a bookstore... But you may put it on Twitter and Facebook and Tumblr or wherever. So you're getting attention to it. And that aspect also is a time suck. Okay, there is one thing that I kind of want to jump ship to. uh, And that's making money from blogs. Uh, I think we should kind of touch on that for two seconds. Because there's a couple of ways of doing it. Um, And 
yeah, they're hard, so don't expect this to be easy money. <laughs> um, so if you write a blog, you know, we'll take the parenting blog, we'll take the disease blog, something like that. You write, you know, 90 good columns, 100 good, you know, columns or something like that. You want to take them and put them into a book, you know, or you get approached to maybe make a book out of the blog. Then, you know, you might pull down all those blogs put them into a book in one collection and then sell that collection as a whole. Um, so that that's one way you can kind of make money off a blog. The other way is that you can actually write for blogs that either get money through advertising or subscription or something along those lines. Those are rare. Um, they do exist. They do rare. exist, uh, and you'll probably find them through your top companies that, you know, anyone can kind of think of in Google. Can I come in with yeah, yeah. Along with that, um, what Brad is saying... Those type of websites do exist. They are legitimate. But if you are going to attempt to actually try to make a living at that type of writing, and it can be done. Yeah, freelance you know, writing. Is yeah, you, yeah, but warning. Those type of blogs pay either based on hits or whatever, or share of advertising and so forth, and you've got to write a heck of a lot to get to the point where you're even making, call it minimum wage. Well, I mean, and if you can even, you know, you can go for jobs at, like, BuzzFeed or something along mm-hmm. those lines. You know, Slate, any of the big, you know, companies like that as well. So there, there are actual jobs out there that exist, too. Uh, but that's just a few of the ways you can kind of make money blogging. Another um, way, but too. But most of the time, it's going to be you doing it for free, on your own time, generally, and that's why it's good to try and push people towards a product. Right. What if you don't have a product? That's part of the reason I backed off. Well, if you don't have a product, then people are coming to you, and that can be a loss of a sale. That can be... But, however, it can be also just to get your name out there. So, say your book's not coming out until later this year. Well, that might be a perfect time to start blogging, to try and build a fan base before your book does come out. Um, you know, so you can do that, too, and try and build up to it. Well, and also, like, if you're if you're going to have... For instance, if you turn your blogs into a book, well, the people coming to your blogs are probably the people that are going to be the target audience for your book when it does eventually come out. Yeah, but if or, you're a, right. or a target of something you're doing on the side as a writer. Let me use an example. As everybody at the table knows, and we've talked about on this this episode and previous one, I have a blog on writing the fight scene. I'm a writer. I'm a third degree black belt. Of course, what am I going to write about? Fight scenes. And I give, I have given a couple of seminars on writing fight scenes. In fact, Brad and I teamed up on one recently. And that is a way to feed into that aspect of my career. But do I have a book on it? No. Do I have fight scenes in my stories? Of course. But is it something which is going to draw my people to pick up one of my fiction books? But for Not instance, likely. if you are blogging on fight techniques... And you're also a trainer and people, someone that teaches someone to fight. That might be you might be blogging to get people to know about you and then come to you and you know sign up to have you train them. So exactly. that's another way. Real quick, exactly. she's not here, but I'm I'm gonna put her out there. So Jen is the perfect example of somebody who should have a you know a blog. Jennifer Stolzer, a great illustrator. You can go check out her illustrations at her website, which is essentially kind of like a a blog, a gallery of all her, you know, illustrations. That's a perfect thing. She actually does live streams about how she draws. That's drawing people to her craft in kind of a perfect way of showing, showcasing herself and what she does. That's what you should use a blog for. There should be a reason you're blogging. I mean, if you're blogging just to blog, that you can do that too, but that's a diary. Mm-hmm. You know. And I would almost classify a blog can be a diary, but blogs themselves generally have a purpose. And that's going back to the professional versus fan wasting unprofessional. If you're using your blog as a diary, remember this. It, remember, kids usually when they write a diary, they don't want anyone else to read it. Do you really want someone else to read your diary? Um, you can do this, and you can also pick up a subject matter. One of my cousins, I am not going to name name her. I refuse to because she asked me never to do this. Let's call her Bobby Sue. No, actually we would call her Friday. Oh. Because she had a website, or she had a blog she wrote about called calling a date 
by Friday. And it was all about the dating scene that she was she had found herself in. And it's quite humorous. If you can find it, if it's still up there, go read it. It is hilarious. But because of things she does outside of that blog, she really doesn't want her real name attached to it, and I don't blame her. So she wrote it as a pseudonym. Yes, anonymity can be a good thing with blogging. Mm-hmm. I'd like to ask why why people blog. Like, because, um, Brad, you said if you blog, you need to have a reason. Well, I, so there can I've be heard, a lot of reasons for blogging. Can I've I heard, talk about um, a bad motivation first? Sure. Okay. I want to... Oh. Go okay. Finish, go finish, go finish. We've mentioned uh, writing to connect, writing to sell a product, writing as a professional platform, um, and writing as a diary, except that then you should not keep it public. No, you can't. You just have to keep in mind that it's public. And yeah. some, you know, 20 years from now, your kids could be reading this. You know, so it's just to know that this will always follow you forever. But a lot of people like, you know, your, the journal of Anne Frank was a huge bestseller. So some people want their diaries published. Well, all yeah, of these, that was a found diary. Yes, I know, but still. All of these are very audience-focused. Uh, so what about writers who are starting out and just want to well, kind of... okay. Sorry, go ahead, and then I'll jump in on the wise. Okay. Well, uh... The bad motivation I can immediately think of is if you're putting the blog out there just for the, uh... You're looking for, like, praise, kind of. Where you're, like, you're not sure if your writing's any good, really, and you kind of want some reinforcement from it. I think you might end up putting things out there that don't need to be out there. So that's blogging for practice writing. Or to practice writing, rather. Uh, yeah. You shouldn't practice, you should just go for it. <laughs> okay, to jump in on some good reasons to blog. So, you know, God forbid I'm ever dying of cancer. But a way to share that with people, a way to get those emotions out of me, and a way to express myself would be through blogging. And there are a ton of them out there. Some of them are actually incredibly hard, difficult to read because you ball your eyes out through the whole piece. But... That's an incredibly cathartic and wonderful way of blogging, and then other people can come along who are sharing those same struggles that you are, and read about them, and go, God, you know, that guy's going through the exact same thing that I'm going through, you know, and then you connect and you feel a little bit better. That can be a wonderful point of blogging, and it has absolutely nothing to do with selling anything or being part of a market or trying to reach an audience or anything. It's just about my pain expressed out and somebody else gathering, you know, support from that pain. But that that's blogging as a support group. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is especially and opinion sometimes anonymous blogs might be a good way to get a support group by something that is so socially unacceptable that you could never do it in public. In fact apparent I don't know if this would be blogging, but there are online support groups for people with the pedophilia that are trying not to offend. So that's something that in practice would be extremely difficult to do in person because unless you've been arrested for a crime, no one knows and no one wants you to know that category. But then politics. Yeah. Politics is another reason. So I'm sitting in my country and I don't like the way that my government is doing anything and I can't really go out and express my views, you know, maybe for a variety of reasons. But you know what? I can go out and I can go on the internet and I can create a blog and I can write down all my problems and I can come up with solutions and I can talk about what's going on and all that kind of stuff. And if it's anonymous, if you can keep it anonymous, then that's a way of expressing yourself that way. If, you know, in this country and others, you can be out there as yourself and just yell at the government and tell them what they need to change about themselves. You know, you might get a knock on your door, you might not. (laughs) And as a writer, let me go ahead and say something here. With blogs on politics, if you are going to blog about politics and you are a writer who is not a pundit writer, (laughs) be darn careful. Underline, circle, highlight, bold that. The reason why, and the reason why I refuse to blog about politics is what readership I have, some of them are Democrat, some of them are Republicans. If I came out praising Obama, I will lose every single Republican on my on my readership, so now I'm stuck with my Democrats only. If I came out and cursed Obama in a blog, I just lost all my Democrats, and I might have my Republicans. So you, you don't want to get rid of your reader... Don't, yeah, you don't want to get rid of your readership 
because you've gone out there and you've written something which they don't want to read. Yeah. David brings up a good point. That blogging can be about yourself and expressing your story. Blogging can also be about reaching an audience. And if you're doing that, then it's, you know, you need to target that audience. You need to think about that audience. If you're just writing for yourself, then you're just putting it out there and you don't care if it gets any hits. You know, you want it to get hits, but if it doesn't, you kind of understand. But you have to think about where you are in your life now. might not be where you're in your life forever. About You don't care about what's out there. I'd hate to think of a teenage blog of mine. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) That being out there now? I mean, it'd be fun to read, but I'd be scared. (laughs) I just shivered at that thought. Yeah. Mm. I am so thankful GeoCities went down. (laughs) <laughs> for that very reason are you kidding I'm still so happy that I'm like the last generation who didn't have to worry about Facebook and Twitter when I was in high school yeah, oh, you, no. you guys do not have um, digital tattoos of everything you've no. online I can no. only imagine in fact they're the well, worst parts of my life there are no them. photographs of I am quite yeah. happy of that I'm, I'm kind of scared for my little siblings who are we compared to me and um, they're already online posting pictures and stuff and I'm like but someday you might want to do anything that is not that yeah so. it's uh there should really be some kind of moratorium no see in the future people aren't going to care as much you know everyone's going to have that horrible baby picture of them you know in that like you know that your father five year old like yeah. you know Halloween costume you know everyone's going to have that picture that so that picture was adorable and I will not hear a word otherwise exactly <laughs> see <laughs> but let me, let me pull this back to blogging for a second and your first round party is going to be like there. Everyone's yeah. going to have it. And I'm just going to tell everybody, in the modern world, any blog you write, as well as any of your social networks and so yeah. forth, like this, was in a, this was in a business journal of some, of some kind. I think CNN or CNN Money or Forbes or one of those. That um, employers are now, while they still accept your resume... They're actually going out to look at your social media and at your blogs yep. to hire you. Now, I hate to bust anybody who's listening's bubble, but if you are going to be a writer, the odds are you are going to have to have another job that actually pays most of the bills, at least until you get well enough established where you're actually bringing in money enough to pay for your li- for your lifestyle. I thought we were all going to be J.K. Rowling. That would have been nice. <laughs> and I don't care if you're going down the world of self-published or traditional published, that applies. So, if that's the case, and you're going to put a blog out there, remember, your employer, or possible employer, may go out and look at that. Actually, well, real quick, to jump on that... Uh-huh. Um, the number one thing private eyes do in divorce cases is jump on the spouse's Facebook page. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's A number one, so you got to love that. <sighs> so, uh, y'all are basically saying it sounds like that I'm not allowed to have fun on the internet because I'm a writer. Exactly. I cannot do anything creatively expressive if it might be controversial if I'm a writer, and I have to do that every week because that's my job aside from writing. Well, see, this is yes. why you have an anonymous blog if you want to do an anonymous blog because that gives... It's not no, perfect. No, no, you don't have to be anonymous. You, you can express completely. yourself. The beauty of the internet is you can express yourself. The point is, is that you can't go counter to yourself. So if you're a kid's writer... If you're gonna like, if you're gonna like live in that middle grade picture book kind of world, then then maybe stay away from the "How I Murder People" blog. <laughs> you know, maybe you don't want to write that blog because maybe that's gonna sell people. Maybe I'm not a kids kind of guy. Can you have a pen name with both blogs? You would, yes, but you know, you were talking about expression and freedom on the internet. You can do both. I, I can talk about middle grade writing, and then I can talk about this crazy topic over here, but. If it's going to hurt you, that might not be the best thing to do. The thing is... But you can do it. That's the, the beauty of this world. The thing is, you definitely want to make your blog creative anyway. You yes. do have to keep your blog creative. Because otherwise, you're going to put your audience to sleep. And what happens when your audience falls asleep? They don't read what yeah, you write. they won't come back. If you're not creative, if you're not creative, every time you show up, or most of the times you show up... People stop reading. And there's a difference between writing a bad blog and writing a blog that's damaging to your career in general. There's what, two different right. things. And it doesn't hurt to write outside of the box, but know what sides of the box there's land on on the other side and which ones are a cliff. And you end up jumping out of that box 
out of that side and you end up falling down that cliff. Was it Vonnegut who said writers are continually leaping off cliffs and developing wings on the way down? Exactly. Yeah, that could be. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, that's no. fine. That's fine. But what I'm trying to say is... That's the beauty of it. You really write your blog, write it creatively, write it fun. Because believe me, if you're not having fun, what's the point? <coughs> yes, have but fun with your blog. just be aware when you're writing who is going to be the audience that reads it and do nothing... That will alienate that audience away from you. Now, here's the scary thought we should talk about. The numbers before people will care about your blog. <laughs> oh, because yeah. Just because you have a blog doesn't mean that, you know, like Anyone's. on a query letter, yeah. you know. Like, for years now, David and I have been on the Writer's Lens, and we've been using, you know, this blog as a platform to talk about writing and all kinds of stuff. In the beginning, I used to be like, yeah, I'm gung-ho. I'm a co-founder of this blog, a resource blog for writers. They throw it on every query letter. And, and then I met an agent at a conference who told me that until I was up in the about fifteen to 20,000 range, that they didn't really care, and that's hits, uh, hits per month. Um, and in fact, actually, it, they really don't care until you're at that like per day, and then you have a huge mega following, and you know the gates of heaven open up. Or, <laughs> publishing world comes to you and says yes sell these books to your masses no uh, but until that day you're kind of stuck with a blog that a lot of people read but maybe not everybody reads and maybe not even the audience that you want to read yeah i mean we get crazy audiences over at the writer's lens i mean mm-hmm. sometimes it's and it's varied from year to year sometimes it's international sometimes it's more local Sometimes it's coming from one space. Sometimes it's coming from, you know, a variety of places. So it, it's always changed. But that one's actually up. I mean, that one's got fifteen to 17,000 hits a month. So. Yeah. Well, okay. So uh, for a writer who does not have an online presence yet, I'm not sure that anyone in the world exists like that anymore, unfortunately. A few people. <laughs> a few people. No, no, there are a few. Yeah, but I mean, like... Usually they're older than us. <laughs> no. Okay, so who should start and keep a blog? Say you're a writer who wants to eventually publish your work. Um, how do you start? Why should you start? When should you start? What do you blog about? Well, let me let me jump on that real fast. I, Matt, I think I heard you say it, start to say something, so if, I, if you were, I'm, I'll go to the Okay, Brad. I, it was male voice. Okay. <laughs> One of the things which I've learned on the back end and it's not what content you should have on your blogs or anything else this is doing your research as to where to blog check and make sure that it has a very strong anti-spam editor because otherwise you are going to be spending half your day or more deleting spam comments about oh I really like your comment Come visit this site, and it turns out it's something that you definitely, if you are a children's writer, don't ever want them to go to. This topic is just like my hotel chain. Yeah, yeah. This this, this topic is just, I was just talking to a friend about this topic, and here's some Uggs to buy. You forgot the grammatically incorrect bits and the misspellings. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, that's all in there, That's how they can easily be spotted. Yes. But, But, sorry. That's right, but that's one thing you definitely want to check, and make sure that... If you are not the owner of the blog, in other words, like you're a WordPress or whatever, that they are updating their software on a constant basis. Now, I know that's not a creative topic to talk about with your blogs. That is a topic that is more of a manual style or non-creative style, but is going to save you time. No, there are a lot of there are a lot of bots out there doing crazy stuff. Oh, I mean, God. we have to delete them constantly. It's hilarious. And the bots are getting better. Mm-hmm. But, okay, to answer your question, who should blog? I think anyone who's got something to say can blog. And if you're a writer, you know? that's you. Yeah, <laughs> and if you're a writer, good point. Then you've got a lot to say. How do you start a blog? That's the real you know, question there. And you've got a variety of platforms. So we, we already talked about the blog spot and the WordPresses, which are kind of a standard. Both of them are very similar. It's just whichever one you want to use. Um, you know, go there, you know, you create the blog, you can do it that way. You can use Tumblr. 
You can use, you know, as we talked about, other sites as well to try and, you know, there's a ton of other blog sites that you can create. A lot of websites will come with a free blog uh, if you want to create them that way too. Pick whichever one's the best. I recommend using the one that other people are using too. That way you can ask questions and turn to friends and say, Blogspot's not letting me do this. How do you do it? You know, so that that's a good way of kind of doing that. How do you create it? Then you got to get your URL, pick it close to what you want it to be. So, you know, we have the writer's lens. Why? Because we were focusing a lens on writing. Ooh. You know, and from there, move forward and create a, a topic list, what you want to write about. Go from there and create, you know, a series of topics you can talk about, a schedule that you're going to post on. Stick to that schedule. People want to know when you're going to post. If you post every Wednesday, people are going to come to expect Wednesday morning to be able to go pop on your blog and start reading. So go from there, and from that point, then start disseminating it out. Get it out through Facebook. Get it out through Twitter. Get it out through all the social media. So would you recommend making sure you have your Twitter accounts, Facebook accounts, and all that before you set up your blog? Yeah, most definitely, because you're going to need, you know, you got to send the Twitter, you know, you got to send it to Twitter, and people have to be on Twitter. Now, you, you know... The Writer's Lens has a Twitter account. We use it kind of, and it's grown slowly. <laughs> yep. You and know, but my account does much better, so I pump, you know, I push everything through my account and through their account. A couple of things real fast to add to what Brad's saying. Um, first off, back to the non-creative side. Actually, really, it is creative. What are you going to have up on your blog? Is it going to be straight uh, words only? Yeah, good and point. Almost every blog can handle that. Are you going to do videos? Not every blog site can handle that. Are you going to do audios? Like what you are listening to here technically yep. is an audio blog. And we can't post it actually right. directly to the writer. It's difficult for us to, but it's easy for us to throw it on Tumblr. Right. So that becomes a question. Now, let me go to the social media or how do you get your blog out there? Brad just hit on, some, hit on a lot of things. If you're on Facebook, which most people are, but if if you're not and you but you join Facebook, there is a widget out there called Networked Blogs. Yep. And what and this puts this puts a widget into your you can do it two ways. You can put a widget into your blog or you get a, three people, I think. Don't 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 hold me to the numbers people. You get a certain number of people to say yes. David Lucas is the one who is the author of this blog. They confirm it. What this widget does is as soon as you have published a blog, it sends it to your Facebook account. Now, if you've got your Facebook account hooked up to your Twitter, Facebook then feeds it off to your Twitter account automatically. Saves you a little time. Can be a pain in certain ways that, like if you don't want something on Twitter that you've got on your Facebook page, because everything you're doing on Facebook will show up on Twitter if you've got this set up that way. But it makes it faster, and also you are able to build an audience pretty quick, not magically overnight, going to take you months, but you can build an audience pretty quick that stays with you. And you don't have to worry about announcing, oh, hey, I just posted this blog about yeah. blah, blah, blah. It does it. It's really uh, great, actually. It's been a really it really great is. asset for the Writer's Lens. Another thing, too, is when you are first starting out, and watch your hits. Brad said, and he's right, pick a day, and this is what, if you're going to publish every Wednesday night, stick with it. But if you are literally the brand new newbie on the block, you're just first time out, you're blogging, and you're posting on every Wednesday night, and you're not getting any hits on Wednesday night, don't be afraid to move it. Yeah. Play around. Figure out right. See when people are coming. When it's kind of like you become the television broadcast company of oh, what's the best time slot for this show? I hate to use that terminology, but guys, that's what, ladies and gents, that's what you're doing. Find the best slot now. Once you find it, stay. Don't break your deadline. Do it at your own peril. <laughs> but feel free to move around until you get to that spot. No, uh, like, okay, I'll just throw it out there. So for when I post, I try to do it uh, before the lunchtime rush mm-hmm. during the day because I find that's when we get the most hits as opposed to when I launch at night. I find a lot of people don't read it until maybe the next day or so. 
So, you know, that that's something I totally tracked on the post that I make and have kind of made an adjustment so that I post, try and post at that, like, noon hour. Mm-hmm. I do, too. How do you find readers as a new blogger? Like, that's I'm what social media is for. It's <laughs> not just, though, um, posting new content. Do you no, actually, I find the best way to get new readers is to post new content. Right. Because... <coughs> basically, I'm gonna, while he coughs... Um, basically, as more content you post, the more search engines will pull out, pull your name up on that topic. Go ahead, I'll just let yeah, you and you know, so that you've you've kind of got it aimed that way. You know, like he said, with more there. But then also, so as he was talking about network blogs, it's going to push more blogs out there. More people are going to see you. Um, you have the ability to spread more. But also, when people come, if there's more content there then they're going to come back to read it. There's the chance they're going to read later, you know, the, the previous content, all that kind of stuff. If you don't have that there, if you just have one piece, they, you know, people are going to be less likely to jump back. How much interaction, though, between bloggers is helpful for new bloggers especially? If you can get in a blog tour, that's going to just skyrocket your readership. Okay, explain blog tour, because I have heard of these things, and okay. I've not done one. So a blog tour, yeah, a blog tour is uh, actually a really great way of selling books or connecting with other bloggers and readers. So essentially it can be 10 blogs, 25 blogs, 40 blogs, 100 blogs. But these blogs are going to blog all about the same topic within a two-week span usually or maybe even the same day or maybe even the same week or something. There's a set time and they're all going to blog about it at the set time. Now if you're a writer and this is right at the launch of your book, then now you are on, say, 25 different blogs who are all in the two weeks of, you know, the week before, the week after your book launch. You know, all those blogs are now talking about your book. They're running your cover. They're running your interview. Maybe they're running a review. You know, they're going to do different things. It's not all going to be the same. Like, all 25 aren't going to do the exact same story. They're going to do their take on your piece so they might write a review of yours they might run the interview you gave or something like that now that all hits at the same time and you know that's called going on a blog tour how would Uh, one even start doing that uh, well you can contact these blog tours to become a part of them so there's there's a chain a blog chain Mm -hmm. and they'll tell you who's all on the list you can see it uh, you can contact the person who's in charge of it and say, hey, I am I love what you guys do, and I want to be a part of it. Or you can get 10 of your friends together or 25 of your friends together that you know maybe across the world, who knows, to all blog on the same topic at the same time. Now, there is another way, because a lot of blog tours cost money, so that can also be a, a way of generating money for yourself. But you have to blog it about that time at that time and, you know, Okay, so how would you find a blog tour? I suppose, um, not specialists, but like a, a group that helps with doing blog tours. Because you said they cost money. They there there are a bunch. Can. There are a bunch of websites that, uh, that you know, blogs like, I can't think of the names of them. But they're, they have various names and, and different things of that. Go out there, find them. A lot of them are genre-based or uh, specifically topic-based. Something along those lines. So, you know, but they're, they're out there. And you just have to Google them. Um, and they will come up. And then you go through and you can read about them. And you'll learn which ones charge, which ones, you know, how to join. I'm sure they have rules. And this also, too, is where if you are traditionally published, this is where an agent comes into play. Is that it can get you connected. Because yes. the agent's not going to make money unless you're out there publishing. Real quick, there's a book out there. I want to do a shout out to you and an author by the name of Paul Levinson, who's also a professor at Fordham University. He wrote a book called New New Media. Find it, check it out, read it. It is all about using social media, blogs, and so forth, and how to use them. And I don't know how he does, I do know how he does this, I just don't have a product yet. He even talks about going on to Second Life which is virtual yeah. reality, and using Second Life as a way to push his books. Jeff Vandermeer has a book called Book Life that is similar. It goes into writing 
in the pri- in your private life versus the public sphere of the internet. So people should check that out too. Um, I did want to ask about tours though. I've also heard the term blog hopping and getting interviews. Yes, so blog hopping is essentially where over the course of several weeks or so, you're going to jump on to different blogs and either guest post for that blog or they're going to run an interview of you and you're going to hop from blog to blog doing this. So you're going to not write your own blog, but write for 10 other blogs in a period of time that is around, say, your release or something like that. And we can also talk, too, about vlogs and audio blogs. I mean, technically, this show could be considered an audio it blog. Is, but, you know... Um, vlogs also, I mean, those are video blogs. And you can, you know, have those. Heather Brewer does a great series of video blogs. Real quick. As Brad and I can tell you from running the Writer's Lens and other things, if you're going to have a guest, if you are going to be a guest, if you're going to be a guest blogger, make sure you hit the deadline. There is nothing worse than the blog owner trying to get a deadline or has that date set aside for you and they don't have your blog yet. Yeah, because I guarantee you the dates behind that are all probably taken as well. Yep, exactly. And it is frustrating. Been there, done that, more times than I want to count. So do you have backup posts for stuff like that? Oh yeah. Yes. I generally always have a couple in the drawer that I can throw up if I need to. Though I have less of those, so you'll see like I've been bad about posting lately. Yeah, <laughs> but that will also tick off those people. And, are, and now let's say Oh, congratulations, you've got a second book out now. Okay. Your first book, you just ticked off a bunch of people on the blog on the blog tour because you didn't meet deadlines. Do you think they really want to have you back on the second one? Yeah. It's going to be Your difficult. reputation will follow you no matter what. Right. Another thing, too, is if you have a blog or you, and it fits to being able to do a blog tour or fits to having author interviews or so forth, you can have you can do that type of interview, and that will also attract their readership to your blog because they want to read about their author, and so they're going to be there. But if you do that, have something else for them to read as well. That's another reason to keep it fresh. Uh, I wanted to kind of jump off in a different direction here. We've been mostly talking about blogs as like a uh, a marketing. side thing, yeah, mm-hmm. as a marketing tool for a book. Now, I started reading a blog this week that uh, I realized as I was reading it is actually a book that's okay. being published chapter by chapter. Yeah. What do you think about blogs as alternate publishing methods? Can be done. Remember that once it, once you've published it, it's been published. So anytime you take a short story or anytime you take a book and you're doing it chapter by chapter up on the web, on your website... It is now published, which means you're not going to be able, well, you're not likely to be able to sell it elsewhere. You can always, there is always that possibility, but it's slim to none. The writing style is a little bit different. At least that's what I find. If you are posting a chapter by chapter, and that's just your book, it's just going to have a normal chapter hook, which means, well, I'm going to draw my person to read the next chapter. It's going to have a normal one. The more successful ones are, are more serial-based. And sometimes, and to borrow something that was off the microphone, is sometimes those type of those type of posts, you just want the author to quit. Because it turns into a soap opera, and it's like, okay, when is this ever going to end? Federico and Dominic's love will never end. Okay. <laughs> um... It all depends on what you want to do with what you're writing. If all you want to do is get your story out there and available to anybody, you can do that. You're not going. You're not likely. You could get paid, but more likely you won't get paid. Well, okay. To jump in on that real quick, mm-hmm. there are actually some incredibly successful self-published right. novels. Um, I, I think even Hugh Howey's got one that were at one time blogs or at one time posted in a serial fashion as blogs. Um, and, you know, there, there are different websites you can go to that will post these, and, you, you know, it's a community, mm-hmm. and you can get feedback. And, you know, there are even some that determine what you're going to write next, which is just weird to me. <laughs> right. But, you know, 
it's it's a danger, and it's. I highly recommend you write it before you post it. Don't use it as a. I'm going to write, you know, force myself to write a chapter this week and then post it, because that doesn't allow you to go back and edit. It doesn't allow you to go back and change. It doesn't allow. It's all there. All your mistakes are there. Any kind of like plot holes you have are there. I so. guarantee you, as soon as you hit post, you'll see your first typo yes. that you missed. Um, that's why they let you go back and edit, though. <laughs> right, and that's one thing I'm glad Brad tossed on there. It all well, it goes back to what you want, what you're wanting to do with it, and you, if you're putting it out there so you can start getting critiques or other people to come to you, fantastic. If you're wanting to build it, use it as a build of a fan base for a later story, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, as scary as it, I mean, as many pitfalls as there can be. People have done this. Mm-hmm. People have written blogs and serialized their beginnings of their books, and people have found such interest in it, and it's generated buzz, and more and more people check it out. And the next thing you know, this person's got 10,000 people following them, and a publisher comes and knocks on the door and says, we want to publish this. It's happened. It's cool. really rare, but, you know, it has happened. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, I personally find it scary and would probably not do it unless it was a serialization. But, I don't know. It has happened. Um, I had been thinking about blogs as nonfiction, primarily, in this conversation. Like, mm-hmm. things that the writer has to say about their life, or writing, mm-hmm. or something that they're an expert in. Right. I hadn't really considered um, fiction as blogs. Like, I see them as something else. Character like blogs are a big thing amongst, mm-hmm. like, supplemental material. So you can create a blog, like, say you've got a bunch of kids running through your book or something like that, mm-hmm. and one of those kids is journal writing. Well, maybe that journal is now an online journal that kids can go and read all about it. Maybe part of that blog is also that there's they can go read stuff from each character or something like that. Mm-hmm. A blog can totally be used for, like, supplementals. Be a little geeky here. Now, the, actually, it's surprising. We've actually had an episode where we almost none of us were geeks. But I'm going to get geeky here for a second. We were trying to be good. No, I don't want to be good. The To borrow what Brad's saying, watch a TV show, like, take for example, when it was on Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica had episodes that were on television, but then it had webisodes yeah. that you could go out, only find online, and watch that way, and they were supplemental to the story of what's going on in the television. Same concept applied to your book. Hollywood's really good at this, actually. So, you know, they take characters all the time, put them on, and Mm -hmm. hey, there's another job, so go write for Hollywood. (laughs) But, you know, so you can totally do that, though. You can create a whole website for each character, the world, all that kind of fun stuff. But then do you need to have an author or writer website of your, like, that's... I would suggest, I always suggest having a writer website and then having the pages about your book be off that website because... What if you write a, a steampunk trilogy like, you know, I'm writing right now, and then say I want to go write a different kind of trilogy? You know, it's not going to be under that. Having that one website would be horrible, but having, you know, you can come to my website, and you can see my steampunk trilogy, and then you can go to my bottom shelf, which has all the scribes and all that kind of stuff. As the last word of this one, I just looked at the time, everybody. We were running over. Sorry to the audience, but I'm going to, of course we are. But real quick, one last piece of advice. Assuming you're not putting a blog out there to be anonymous, okay, that you are actually a writer who's writing a blog and you want to draw them back to your website and hopefully you have a book to sell, if that blog is not already on your website, link it. Yes. That's not hard to do. You just put a link in the blog. Put it everywhere. Put it on your Facebook. Put it on your Twitter. You you just beat me to it. There you go. I love Ah. that. Okay. Brad's my brother by another mother. Anyway, yes, link it to your website. To borrow, there's an there's an author and self-published author named Bob Baker here in St. Louis, who has described it like an octopus. You want to be or a web. You want to put your links everywhere, and it's including to your blog. Have everything linked to each other. And if you go to comment on, if I'm commenting on Brad's blog. I make my comment, I put my link back to my website or my blog and make sure it doesn't look like spam on there. Yeah, so just spell everything right. You'll be fine. There. Yeah, <laughs> spell everything right. yep. Don't leave out words. But that way, the audience, oh, hey, I like that comment and I'm not a troll. 
I'm going to click on that website and I'm going to come over to David's website and let's see what he's got. And with that, everybody, thank you for listening. Please visit us on Facebook or on Twitter. If you have any comments, please post them on either spot or on Blog Talk Radio. And we are interested in hearing from you. Theme songs for Right Pack Radio were written and performed by Meredith Tate. All copyrights remain with her. Right Pack Radio would like to thank STL Books for allowing us to record in their office. STL Books is an online bookstore specializing in new and used high-quality literature, children's books, and books written by or about St. Louis. Please visit them online at www.stlbooks.com or find their store on the Amazon.com website.